This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Today is the day, that's right, the NFL Draft, the 2023 NFL Draft is upon us later tonight. Of course, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern is when the coverage starts. The draft starts an hour later at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. All these mock drafts, all the guesses, all of our bloviating on the draft, it's going to be over tonight, folks. That's right, the real thing happens. What will the Raiders do We will find out about that as I welcome you back to another edition of Silver and Black today. Of course, the Draft Day edition. And just a reminder, Raider fans, tonight Odyssey is doing something very special for this year's NFL Draft. Brian Baldinger, Baldy, who was on the show last week, along with CBS uh, sports writer Jason LaConfora, hosting the 2023 Odyssey NFL Draft Show. Join them on that first night. That's tonight as they talk about local experts from Odyssey podcasts across the nation all of us on the odyssey network that cover the individual nfl teams will be joining them and i will be joining as well as soon as that raider pick happens whether it's at seven or wherever they go i'll be joining them for instant reaction uh leading up to the draft check out baldy's podcast as well if you will the huddle for his expert prospect breakdowns if you want to do that between now and tonight the draft show show starts excuse me at Again, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Listen on the free Odyssey app, and you can also watch on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. But we're here to talk about Raiders football, and to do that, of course, it's always me and myself and the man, the myth. Not the myth. <laughs> I shouldn't call you. Well, Midtown Mo, not really a myth anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a real thing. But it's joining me up. is my, yes, my broadcast partner here on this Thursday morning. That, of course, is... Mo Moten, he's the national NFL writer. Boy, see what happens when you record in the morning. You don't speak as well. National NFL writer at Bleacher Report. You can catch his work up there. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And also tonight, you can catch him with the Bleacher Report crew live covering the draft. I believe starts at 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Tell folks about that, Mo. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's going to actually be speed me. I'm going to be headlining... The draft show through the Raiders pick at seven. Now, if the Raiders, obviously, they trade up, then my show will be a little shorter. Uh, <laughs> they trade back, my show will be a little longer. So it depends on what the Raiders do. They're in control there. But I'll be with fans up until the Raiders make their pick, assuming that they do make a pick at Bleach Report on the app. You can also pull it up on a tablet. I'll tweet out the link five minutes before the show kicks off. There you go. So another reason to follow him at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and uh, check out Mo's show. Yes, we we are not going to be on together tonight, but we will be on separate channels, and you can catch what we have to say there. You can follow me at, at LV Gully. You can also uh, follow the show SNB Today. Okay, Mo. So finally, all this junk, all this, all the guessing is over with. By the way, on today's show, we're going to go through a little bit of that up front. Mo and I are going to give you. We're. I mean, Mo's had to do some of it for his writing duties as far as mock drafts. We are not a mock draft show. We just don't do it. Nothing wrong with people doing it. I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just saying we don't dig it. We don't really want to do it. You guys are getting it other places. Not a big deal. But what we will do in segment two today to get you primed for tonight's draft is we're going to give you our first two picks. So the first night, the num- the dr- first round draft pick, of course, which we're talking about, but then also the second round draft pick, we'll get into that. So Mostradamus climbs out of the tree that he lives in because Mostradamus <laughs> is a very natural guy. He puts on his fez or whatever it is, and he comes out 
and he gives us his prediction. So we'll get Mostradamus's prediction. I will give you mine as well. We'll discuss those. And then in the third segment, it's a Thursday. So we got to do mailbag, even though it's draft day, we do have draft related questions. So we're going to get to that in the third uh, segment here as well. Okay, Mo, here we go. We're getting it on tonight. Finally, enough of all of this speculation, but what I want to start with here and happy Ra- Raider draft day to Raider nation. Although Raider nation looks at draft day as sort of like a, a nervous affair. We'll get into that in a minute, but the guessing is over. It's time for the real things. Here's the deal, Mo. The Raiders have a big shopping list. They need lots of pieces. If they're going to put together a team that's going to be competitive in the AFC West, they've got to build that roster. They've got to build it with young guys. They have to hit in the draft. When you look at that shopping list, we've talked about the needs on defense. Everybody knows that's a priority. But how much of the rebuild, how much of the roster are they going to be able to fill realistically with this draft, knowing where the depth is at cornerback in this draft, not in some other positions, what are they going to have to do? Tell me, give me a number, give me a guess on what this team has to do in this draft to be deem it a success. I think they have to come away with at least three starters. Hmm. That's the minimum. Now, remember, the Raiders have four picks in the top 100, and they have pick 109. So let's say two of those picks become immediate starters and you hit on one late draft pick. I think that's a fair expectation for a decent or average draft class. Three starters. Now, if you want to go above average, if they want to, if you're looking at a, a class that hits the ball out of the park, then I think you come away with four, maybe five starters. I would say mm-hmm. four starters and two rotational players. So maybe you hit on four of your first five picks and they're players right there, contributors right away. And then on day three, you have a guy who's not exactly a starter, but he plays a big role on the defensive lines, rotational guy. Maybe you have a linebacker who's a rotational guy. Maybe you have a safety who's a rotational guy on the back end. But I think average draft, three starters, great draft, four starters, maybe five, and rotational. Oh, four stars and rotational, two, one or two rotational guys coming in. I think that's fair. I think three is definitely the number, right? Especially when you're talking about where their picks are. You mentioned the numbers, and and to me, that's what you have to get. Excuse me. You have to get two defensive starters, and then the third could be defense. The third could be offense, offensive line, wherever. We'll see what they do. But what's interesting to me here, too, is you also look in the draft possibly for developmental players, and you talked about more of a role player, but there are some kids as you get into the fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth round that you look at and say, hey, this person has potential. We might take them. They're not going to be deemed a success in season one, maybe not even season two, or at least by season two, you start to see some changes. At, at the positions they have open, when you look at the defense and everything, um, do you look at developmental? I think on defense, they, got, they have to get guys who play now. On the offense, i.e. at quarterback, maybe even at running back later in the draft, I think they have to get some guys that look good, that might be developmental players that can turn into solid role players, or maybe even eventual starters. Shout out to my colleague at Bleach Report, Brent Sobleski, a.k.a. Sobo. He had a very good theory. He said round one guys should be able to play within one year. Round mm-hmm. two guys should be able to play within two years. Round three guys should be able to play within three years. And then if you hit on a round four, round five, round six, round seven guy, that's considered a, a big plus. But you're not expecting those guys really to be starters. You're hoping they become role players or stars, but you're not counting on it. So shout out to him for that theory. To answer your question, I, I I agree with it, but I will say at the guard position, I think they need to get a starter. And I said this mm. previously that I'm not just handing out starting positions. And a lot of Raider fans want to talk up um, Natane Muthi, who they signed. Um, he was on the roster last year, but you know he's not a he's not a lock to start. Alex Barr is not a lock to start. Dylan Parham obviously is going to start. He was their first pick last year. Assuming they don't trade Andre James, he's going to start at center. Uh, he started there, you know, last year with the new regime. So unless they in, unless they make a move somewhere, I think you still need one starter on, on the interior of that offensive line. It has to be a guard. I would say rounds three or four, you can get a guard who has starting potential. <laughs> so, but as you said, defense, immediate, got to get guys who can play right away. Offense, for the most part, 
role players. I will say tight end too. Maybe you get a guy who can overtake Austin Hooper because Austin Hooper is a little older. I know he had two Pro Bowl seasons with the Falcons, but yep. you know it was a few years ago. You can get a guy, as you know, Josh McDaniels likes to have his tight end. So that guy that you get at a tight end, Tucker Craft at a South Dakota State, you know, two tight end sets, he could play a lot of snaps alongside Austin Hooper. Yeah, and, and we're going to get into it. a couple great questions around running back and a couple great questions around salary cap in the mailbag segment. So wait for that at the end of the show. So I'll save it uh, there. But you're right about the guard position. I think you can do that. I think you can find that. And that's the one thing, too, I'm cautioning Raider fans tonight as they get set for the draft parties they're going to or what they're doing mm-hmm. to watch the draft. And that is um, you're, you cannot expect the Raiders. So the Raiders might have a very good draft and they don't pick up a linebacker or they didn't get a safety in the draft for whatever reason, a guy that you know is going to come in and start or be a, a, an active role player to start with. You're, you, I mean, you, you might not get everything you need in one draft. you got to try to do it. There are so many needs, Mo. I think that people have to be careful that they're not disappointed uh, with what the, the draft class yields. They have to be careful, but, Scott, I want to say to you, if the Raiders don't get a linebacker in this draft, I'm going to blow gonna do? it. Out. They better get a linebacker because yeah. they didn't do much with the linebacker position in free agency. Robert Spillane yep. is not going to cut it. They better they better get two. I think they should get two linebackers. I think they should double dip. I, I yeah. had a – I don't want to spoil it, so I'll keep my opinion about the linebacker position for our next segment. But yeah. I think they should double dip at the linebacker position, and they better get a linebacker within, the to me, the first – three rounds because this is not a strong linebacker class. So if you're going to get one, if you're going to get, if you're going to get one, get one of the best guys because you have a big need in the middle of that defense. Cornerback is another position. I think they will address. I will be shocked if they don't come out of this draft with with a, with one of the top cornerbacks. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that you look at cornerback is so deep that they're going to be able in the fourth or fifth round, get some, some players that could make the team. Will they start right away? One or two of them actually could, I believe, in the NFL, depending on what they do there and depending on what happens in camp. But you're right about the middle of the defense. You talked about offensive guard and need there. But interior, that defensive line, linebacker position, safety. I don't think they're going to be able to address safety in the draft because it's just not a very good safety draft. So we'll have to see. But that's my point is they may draft players in those positions but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the long-term answer. So they're going to have to put something together to figure that out. Uh, so it'll be interesting. But it's draft day, though, Mo. So we're excited. We're getting ready for it. And we are up against our first break already. Wow. See what happens. We're just getting you primed for tonight. That's all we're doing on your commute this morning. Even our YouTube video is up early so you could watch it with your breakfast, which better not include any cheesecake. Oh, gosh. It, you know, you should be eating cheesecake, and let alone eating it at breakfast <laughs> as your first meal of the day. Good. If, you, if you're if you doing that, you you need Jesus or whatever your higher power is. <laughs> you need something. So, That's right. You need somebody or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, when Mo and I come back, we're going to get into our, our predictions, guesses, darts at the board, whatever you want to call it. For tonight's first round pick for the Raiders, are they going to keep seven? Or they, we'll find out. We'll go with what we have. We'll tell you. Mostradamus makes his appearance, and I will give you mine as well. We'll even go into the second round with pick number 38 and give you our best estimate or who we believe the Raiders should pick. It is draft day. This is a special edition of Silver and Black today with a little draft preview. He is Momot, and I am Scott Branson. We will be back with you right after these words. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, your hosts, Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer who's going to be very, very, very busy tonight at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am Scott Branson. Uh, his co-host, LV Gully, on Twitter. You can listen to us tonight. Uh, Mo's going to have his show on Bleacher Report. He's going to be Hosting up till the Raiders pick in the first round, whether it's at seven later or if they trade out of the first round, he might just go for three days. We'll see what happens Um, (laughs) on the Bleacher Report app. He's going to tweet out that link right before the show. So watch for that. I will be on with Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora right here on the Odyssey Sports Network on the Odyssey Sports app or on the Odyssey YouTube page, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. You can catch my appearance on there as soon as the Raiders make their selection They will bring me on, and I will give you my first pass at that. But in this segment, 
we bring back Mostradamus. I had to, I should have got some music for that one. We got Midtown Mo music. We don't have Mostradamus music. Okay. I'm working on it. Okay, so we're going to do that. Uh, Mo's going to give you his selection in the first round. I'm going to give you mine, and then we'll give you even the second round, which is day two, start to day two. I'm going to give you a little bit of that. I wanted to go past the first round because I have a feeling Mo and I are going to pick the same guy, and so I wanted to have a little bit of difference there. So we'll see what goes on. But Mo, I want you to tell me. I'm going to let you go first. Um, and as we sit here on Thursday morning, there's been a little bit of jockeying around. We know what's going on. We've heard all the rumors. We've heard people talking about this and talking about that. But if you are uh, uh, putting on the Mostradamus hat and you're looking at what's going to happen later tonight in Kansas City where the draft is, what do the Raiders do at number seven go? What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. They're in enemy territory on the clock. <laughs> the Raiders are definitely, I would say definitely, but I, my hope is the Raiders take Devin Witherspoon. And if you've listened to the show, if you followed my Twitter, if you followed anything I've done over the past, I don't know, month, month and a half, you know I'm a big Devin Witherspoon guy. I think he's he's exactly what the Raiders need on the back end. And a lot of people will push back and say, is that good value to pick a cornerback at seven? And I'll say it is when you need help on all three levels of the defense and you're in BPA mode, best player available for that yep. style of ball. And I also say, look at what Sauce Garner did for the Jets defense last year. I'm not saying Devin Witherspoon is Sauce Garner because Sauce Garner obviously has the prototypical size for a cornerback. Devin Witherspoon really doesn't. But Devin Witherspoon, to me, is a Pro Bowl caliber player right away and he can play well in man coverage he's a ball hawk he gives you that fire in the back end of the defense i favor physical cornerbacks so that's why i took devin witherspoon assuming he is available at seven there you go uh and before i tell you who my pick is it won't be a surprise but uh, before i tell you i wanted to also bring up at the end of last week mo you know because they're they're all the front office of the raiders so focused on the draft all the scouts gm everybody's so focused i mean they're locked up in a room all day long just continuing to go through scenarios and put together not only their board but their scenarios should a guy go that they want and then they got to go to their second choice <clears throat> so and the last week was the last time that the media got to speak to gm dave ziegler and they asked Ziegler about, hey, what is your strategy going in? Of course, they're not going to tell you exactly what it is. But I want to listen to what Ziegler said about what they're going to be looking to do tonight in Kansas City. So here's GM Dave Ziegler. I think the priority is is finding one, someone that's going to have an impact. You know, you want to find a starting level player at that spot. There, there's no doubt about that. And, and I think along with that, you want to find a player um, that fits um, one, um, hopefully fits a need that you have. Right. I mean, you're going we're going to look at the best available players, but we also have a lot of places on this team where we can add competition and we can add play people that can help our roster. Um, and we want to find a player that fits our what we look for in a Raiders player. We want to find someone that has a passion for football. We want to find someone that, um, you know, is, is someone that um, has some upside, that has some explosiveness to their game um, that, that can that can impact the game in a positive way. And that's going to fit our organization, I'd say, and have a positive impact on the organization as a person, too. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, we'll be dialed in on. Well, there you go. I mean, he didn't give away much there, Mo, but um, I think when you look at a Devin Witherspoon, by the way, just to end the suspense, that's who I have the Raiders picking at number seven. If for some reason, just as a caveat, if for some reason he goes earlier, then I say Christian Gonzalez. I still think you go cornerback. I think this Raiders defense in this division, and you heard what Dave Ziegler said there, they need to get a guy who's going to have an impact. I think 
Witherspoon has that dog in him. We talked about him being a Raiders Raider type guy. I think Christian Gonzalez, a little less so, but Christian Gonzalez also very talented. I think he would do just fine. Again, I prefer Witherspoon, but I think that as bad as that pass defense has been, as tough as this division will be against defenses because of Herbert, Mahomes, and Wilson, you have got to shore that up and you've got to do it quick. And so to me, that's that's what you do is you find a guy who's not only going to come in and play the position and improve you, but you're going to get a guy who fits in the culture, who fits in nicely, who's got that alpha dog in him because they need somebody back there like that. What did Dave Ziegler say? He said a guy who fits up, fits, hopefully fits a need, passion. Yep. Not to say that Christian Gonzalez isn't passionate, but if you talk about passion, watch Devin Witherspoon play football. Yes. That guy loves the game. And and that's why he was Oozes my pick. It. And, and I, I'll throw a curveball here, just, just for argument's sake. I would actually prefer trading back if there's, you know, if that's the option. Because remember, you need two to tango. There's no yes. guarantee you're able to trade back. But I've said I've said multiple times that Joey Porter Jr. is my CB2. But I would take Christian Gonzalez at seven because Christian Gonzalez is not going to be available outside of the top ten, in my opinion. Yep. But if the option is there to trade back, I would like Joey Porter Jr. He's another guy who who brings fire to the back end of the defense, has that size, not as athletic as Christian Gonzalez not going to test as high as Christian Gonzalez, but it can still give you that fire, that passion in the back end. Also very good in man coverage, and that's what Patrick Graham looks for in a lot of his defensive backs. It's interesting, Mo, because I agree with you. If the Raiders can trade back, pick up some picks, and still get a porter, okay, great. I mean, I would be all for that. Here's my concern with this. As I went through the scenarios in preparation for the show— I look at a lot of the teams. Now, again, you, you don't know what you don't know. I'm just guessing. But mm-hmm. you look at the teams that would want to move up because at, at, at seven, you still probably you might have you might if he doesn't go to Indianapolis, you might have a Will Levis. OK, mm-hmm. you might have a couple you have a, might have a Jalen Carter still there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Those guys, to me, you look at teams like New Orleans. They're, they pick 29th. You look at the Cowboys. They pick 25th. You'd look at the Giants, they're in the 20s too, right? Those seem like teams to me that would be interested in moving up to that seven spot. Um, but then you dip down. I don't think Porter's going to last past the mid-teens maybe, or maybe, maybe if something crazy happens, he could fall to maybe the, the lowest at 20 or something like that. So to me, the Raiders have to be careful depending on who they have on their list. If they're going to trade down, I don't think they, I think they got to stay within the top 15 to 18 to still get a guy like that. I don't think Porter slips past the Patriots at 14 or the Commanders at 16. 16 Patriots yep. like man cover guys. Yep. Washington Commanders need help on that side of the ball. If the Raiders want Porter, I would. If they're going to trade back and still want Porter, I would be ahead of the Patriots. Yes. No lower than 13 because those teams have need at need at I need at cornerback, and I think those teams would favor a guy like Porter again, who's pretty good in man coverage. They would. I mean, it'll be really interesting tonight to see what happens. There are some players out there available for trade. Um, and and do we see some of those running backs move around? It's it's going to be fascinating when we get uh, when we get to it. It's going to be a long night for everybody here uh, tonight, but I'm looking forward to it. All right, Mo, let's move now to round two. And I will go first on this. We uh, On Tuesday, we had your colleague from Bleacher Report, and also he writes over at Silver and Black Pride, Matt Holder, whose whole life is draft evaluating, all that stuff. It was a great show. If you missed it and you want to listen to that after this one, go back and listen to it. Good stuff. But one of the guys we talked about with him that I really like, and I have them picking at 38, and he thought that picking at 38 was picking this player too high. He likes the player, but thinks he's more in the 40s or 50s from our conversation with Matt. But um, that is Maisie Smith out of Michigan. This guy is a freak of nature. We talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, 325 pounds. He doesn't have massive stats, right? But in the NFL, as, as Matt said in his piece, you don't look as much at production as you look at traits. He is a good run defender. His athleticism, I mean, he's a freak of nature at his size and at his speed. And so I look at that one and I say, hey, at the point of attack, this guy has what you need. Now, the danger is sometimes he kind of disappears off the field, which is a concern. But at the same time, you look at him, that interior of the defense, what they need there, who will be available. I like the upside on this guy. If I'm Dave Ziegler, 
I might be willing to take a chance on him. Now, if somebody else better dips down, okay, then then I'm okay going that way. But I like finding somebody on that interior defense with this second defensive pick in the second round. It's a pretty good pick. Uh, I, I I can't talk you off the ledge on that one. <laughs> I would go I would go in a, in a different direction. You're gonna push and I me. I alluded to it. I, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah. And, and I, again, I know Holder likes him as well. Uh, a lot of talk about him, but um, I'm going in a different direction. And I, I kind of hinted at it in the first segment. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Ah, I, I knew I you were. I knew I, it. I, 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 <laughs> the Raiders have to address the linebacker position early in this draft because I think they put themselves in a bit of a hole where they didn't really in my opinion, address it adequately in free agency. Now, they can do something after free agency. The other wild card in this is I still think they should call the Ravens about Patrick Queen. But let's say that doesn't happen and the Ravens want to keep hold on to him a little bit. Take Jack Campbell out of Iowa. I think he's the best middle linebacker in this draft by far. He, he just fits the position. And mm-hmm. I know he's a little more patient than a lot of people. He doesn't shoot a lot of gaps, per se. But he is a reliable tackler. When, once the running back gets in his area, that running back is going down. And and Jack Campbell, very good in zone coverage, in my opinion. I'm maybe very good, maybe a stretch, but adequate in that area where mm-hmm. he can he can he can defend the shallow zones. Now you're not going to have him in man cover against against Travis Kelsey. I think that's more of a a role for a safety. But Jack Campbell in those shallow areas in the middle of the field can cover in zone, and I think he'll help that Raiders defense on all three downs as an every down linebacker. And again, it's a big knee. It's not a reach because I think he's going to be it's in not. the second round. There are some people who believe that Jack Campbell could be a back in first round. I don't think yeah. that happens, but the Raiders get Jack Campbell at 38. I'd love to pick. No. And he continued. I mean, listen, I, I think you're right at 38. If, if the Raiders picked him at 38, totally fine. Again, you're addressing the middle of the defense. You have to address those positions. So, so whether it's a defensive tackle, somebody in the middle, we talked about Maisie, my man, Maisie Smith out of Michigan, although he went to Michigan, I forgive him for that. Um, you know, playing up on the nose as a zero technique and all that. He's a guy that 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 they could use, but also Campbell, linebacker. And it, and we've, we've talked about the black hole, you're right, at linebacker for so long. So it would be nice to see the Raiders address it earlier in the draft. And I don't think you can go wrong with them. Now, the one thing we haven't mentioned, Mo, with these, these four picks, two in the first round, which is the same Devin Witherspoon for both of us. I have Maisie Smith in the second round. Mo has Jack Campbell, the linebacker. Is we haven't mentioned quarterback, right? So many Raider fans worried that the Raiders may get a quarterback instead of going down. Now, it's not off the table, right? Unless something happens in the time we record this show and and the draft later tonight, and somebody moves up that we don't know about. As of right now, we know the first two teams are poised to take quarterback, and that's going to be Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Could the Raiders trade up? I don't know. As part of Dave Ziegler's press conference, where he last talked about the draft, they asked him about the quarterback position. And this gets to what we always talk about on the show and what we talk about with a lot of you when you say, well, they need defense, they need defense. And then, Mo, you have been at the forefront of saying it's about a position of value, and the quarterback is the most valuable position on the field. So here's Dave Ziegler talking about whether or not they would consider a quarterback. I think it goes back just to the value of the position. And 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 um, and I think and so I think that's important. I think, you know, doing your due diligence on all those guys is important too. Um, uh, and, and I don't know. Um, obviously, we're in a position where uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks. At the beginning of this process, you could say, hey, you don't know how it's going to fall. You know, there's four or five, six guys that we're going to do work on and, you know, they could fall to us or, or, or be there at seven. And so um, we did our due diligence because of that. But, yeah, but I also think, yeah, the value of that position and having a young guy um, you know that can that can come in and play and contribute. We've seen where those contracts have gone on quarterbacks too. So there's obviously an advantage of having you know someone on a rookie, a uh, quarterback on a rookie uh, contract in terms of roster construction and those types of things. And so, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think just closing that door, I think, is irresponsible to do that. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Completely. Exactly what you've been saying for months. What we've been talking about here on the show for months. And that's why I I just opened this tiny sliver of a door because crazy things can happen today and tonight. (laughs) And if the Raiders really love Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, just saying, if they they really believe that one of those cats could take them to the promised land and they have an opportunity to do it, they may do it. Now, 
That's the only suspense in it for me for the Raiders tonight because I really do believe that they're going to. I'm, 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 I have 98% confidence that they're going to go defense with the first two picks. I really do. But things can change between now and 5 p.m. Pacific tonight. So I play that just because if the Raiders do something that you're unexpected, whether they move up and grab a guy there or they believe that, you know, somebody falls, something crazy happens. Anthony Richardson falls. I don't think he will. I don't think Will Levis will fall too much. But let's just say it happens. We've seen crazier things. The DK Metcalf thing always shocked me as he kept falling down uh, into the into the second round. If that happens, then you might see the Raiders change course and do that. So people need to understand, and Dave Ziegler said it there, Mo, which we we preach, quarterback rookie contract, quarterback rookie contract. You cannot beat it because you just saw what Jalen Hurts got. Lamar Jackson's about to get his soon. It's expensive. It's expensive, but you also have to understand to the people yelling defense, got to go defense, got to go defense. When's the last time we looked at a Super Bowl winning team and said, you know what? The defense carried that unit to the Super Bowl to a Super Bowl title. When's the last yep. time we've said that? Because people want to want to bring up Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer. How long ago was that? Mm-hmm. We're in a modern day league where you're in a conference with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. When healthy, you're going to have to compete against these teams with with high level quarterbacks. You're going to need that guy, your guy. For the next 10 to 15 years to do battle with those top quarterbacks in your conference, let alone a Super Bowl appearance. So, yeah, the Raiders do need defense. But if you think the quarterback, you know, that's available to you or, or as a trade up option is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, you make that move because you, once you get the quarterback, it's easier to build a contender versus trying to build an elite level top three defense. That's sustainable because we all know what roster turnover, free agency, and guys wanting new deals. You can have a top five defense one year, and then it could drop outside the top 20 the next year because a guy wants to get paid and you're not willing to pay that salary. So the more sustainable commodity is the long-term quarterback, not the defense, not the defender who can maybe give you five good years, want a new contract, and then you part ways. I I know it's a sore subject, but I bring up Khalil Mack. Look what happened there. Khalil Mack, you know, one of the top defense players in the NFL the past few years. John Gruden made a decision to trade him to the Bears, right? That happened. It's a lot harder to trade your franchise quarterback than to trade your your, uh, top defensive player if they want a new contract. Yes. John Gruden, had he had somebody like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, would not have traded him. Khalil Mack traded him, right? Uh, Now, they squandered the picks they got for him. That's a different story, but it's it's one of those situations where you talk about that too, the AFC and the quarterback situation. Then you add in probably two of these. Now, let's just we'll assume two of these young guys getting drafted this year are going to be very good franchise quarterbacks. I'm not saying they're going to be, but let's just assume it. Then you have in the AFC, whoever, you know, it could be Houston with Stroud or Young, and then it could be Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson, if you believe in him, or Will Levis. Now, Either way, so those are young quarterbacks. If they both pan out, then, then you're talking about AFC quarterbacks. It's just getting better. Then, not, not that he's a young guy, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the AFC as well, right? At least for a year or two, most likely, if they can get that thing done today at some point. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Now, yes, the Jets have a good defense. The Jets don't have to have the number one defense, nor does anybody, to your point. You, if you have a good middle-of-the-road to above defense, top 10, top 12, um, yeah, you can win a Super Bowl. If you have the right quarterback and a good offense, you're going to be able to do it. So it's going to be interesting. But we'll all, we'll all know tonight. I mean, listen, these are our predictions. These are our guesses based on what we think will happen. But, of course, between now and a few hours from now, a lot can change. So we'll do that. So we will, um, of course, go back and see how we did. <laughs> right? Nobody ever wants to talk about their guesses after the draft. But we'll do that when we come back uh, from the break. And when we come back... We're also going to get to your mail. That's right. It's Thursday. It's draft day. But we can't let Raider Nation go without getting some questions in. So we'll do that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't subscribe, do us a favor. Wherever you get your audio, subscribe. Put on the auto download. If you're on YouTube, also subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. 
Welcome back. It is the home stretch here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey Sports original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders, hosted by yours truly, Scott Branson, and my co-host, Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. And another reminder, we'll remind you before the show is over tonight, uh, make sure you check out Mo on the Bleacher Report app. Right at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, he's going to be with you live from Bleacher Report from the studio in Midtown Manhattan, of course, which is the home of. It's Midtown Mo. All right, yes, sir. So Mid- Midtown Mo will be going for the NFL draft, so make sure you check that out. At the same time, and actually with me, you can just wait until the Raiders pick, and I will be with Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfora on the Odyssey sports live draft coverage which you can catch on the odyssey app or on the youtube page for odyssey sports so make sure you do that we'll put that up on the screen here if you're watching on youtube towards the end of the show as well okay mo it's time to get to the mail of course uh and the mail is always a big deal right here raider nation is never shy you ask we answer it's time for the raider nation mailbag what's on your mind fam drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com that's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. All right, it is your time to speak up. You got the address there, mail at silverandblacktoday.com, of course. But you can also hit us up on Twitter. Our first mail of the day actually came to us from Twitter. We're getting more of those, right? People don't even want to send emails anymore, Mo, especially if they're under 40. No, just slide the DMs. I mean, that's (laughs) That's the more hip thing to do with the kids nowadays. It is. Um, so our first question, all right, it comes from Tier Raiders 22 guy we interact with all the time on Twitter, uh, and he does with the show as well. He says, Mo, uh, how do you see the Raiders freeing up more cap space? They currently don't have enough to sign their draft class, and they're still in need of defensive backs, offensive linemen, and uh, defensive linemen. So if we don't draft any... What are we going to do? And that is, again, Tier Raiders 22 on Twitter. Freeing up cap space, Mo. It's an interesting thing. The Raiders right now, uh, uh, according to over the cap uh, online, are at $2.45 million left. Effective space, though, is minus $3 million. The effective cap space is including the draft class. So if you take the draft class to, to Tier Raiders 22 on Twitter, by the way, Thanks for the note. Um, if you follow his logic there, yes, they're negative three if you include the draft class. Now, I have some moves, I think, that will will help with that. Um, and I'm going to start with a guy that has been rumored to be on the move for the whole offseason. That's tre- uh, tre- uh, Trevor, excuse me. Hello, Hunter Renfro. Uh, and trading him, if they trade him pre-June 1st, uh, it's a $7 million hit. But if they do it post June 1st, they get an 11.2 million savings on the cap. So there's 11 million dollars there. Or Mo, if they don't want to trade them, they can restructure and still pick up a cap savings of 7.4 million. I think the restructure we saw it happen the last few years with the Raiders. I think you're going to see a couple guys restructure. He did it last year. Colton Miller was restructured last year when he got his extension. But I do think they could do it again, and they could also restructure Chandler Jones and save another $11 million. So these numbers can move very quickly with things like restructure or a trade. Right, and I think I think the more likelier option, the more likelier outcome of these cap-free moves is trading Hunter Renfro. I hate yep. to say because I really like Hunter Renfro, but look, let's be honest. Jacoby Myers played a lot in the slot in New England. Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro slot guy. It, I understand the Raiders can move one of them to the outside, but if you're looking at freeing up cap space and you're saying, okay, what can they do where they can maybe get rid of a log jam at a certain position and free up cap space? Hunter Renfro seems like the player sticking out to me. Now, as you said, even though they trade him before June 1st, they can designate him as a post-June 1 trade June, and, yes. free up, and free up a lot of that cap space, You know, I believe over, like you said, over $11 million. Now, they can also restructure him if they feel like they're going to keep him for a while. You also mentioned Colt Miller. I believe the restructure for Colt Miller is $8.8 million. 
I will say that I wouldn't restructure Chandler Jones only because I'll be looking to move him. <laughs> Simply because yeah, yeah. I, I think if him. the Raiders, right, I, I would find out if someone would take Chandler Jones off of our hands, and then I would just draft two defensive linemen, one for the interior, one for the outside, and maybe another uh, edge guy in, in the fourth or fifth round. So I would be looking to trade Chandler Jones. I think it's possible the Raiders could trade Hunter Renfro, especially if they move up to number three with the Cardinals, who are rumored to be on the lookout to find a trade partner for DeAndre Hopkins. So if they move DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins, they may want to bring in another wide receiver. I know they have Rondell Moore there, but that's from the previous regime. Mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro may be a guy that that new regime likes. So Hunter, look out for Hunter Renfro being traded. Look out, I would say uh, it's wishful thinking, but maybe Chandler Jones traded, restructure Colton Miller, restructure Hunter Renfro if you're going to keep him. But plenty of options to free up cap space for the Raiders. Exactly. And I mean, like you said, I think that the post June 1st designation and moving Hunter Renfro, I think, look, I like Hunter. We, we like him personally. We like him as a player. I think in this system and to your point about the moves they made, it's just the writing seems to be on the wall. It's not nothing against him. It just seems like they're ready to move on and, and go a different direction. Uh, so that would give Hunter Renfro an opportunity to go play somewhere else uh, and, and do that. But you're right. Eleven point two million there. You restructure Colton Miller. That's 7.4. I mean, you're almost at $19 million there. You find one other guy to do that, to move or to restructure, and you're up around $20, $21 million at least in in cap space. So I think you're right. It moves very quickly, and you're able to free up space to go get somebody you might need. Scott, would it surprise you if the Saints traded for Hunter Renfro or reunited Renfro and Derek Carr? That wouldn't surprise me. I could see Hunter Renfro in the Cardinals. I could see him on the Saints next year, both possible options. Yeah, and I, that that was in my head. I didn't spit it out as fast as you did, but that that was in my head. Was exactly New Orleans. I think he'd be a good fit down there. Obviously, the rapport. They're very close friends. It would make a lot of sense. And I think Hunter Renfro would be would be a great addition to that team and in that division would help them significantly. So it would be great to see see that happen for him if it does happen. Uh, and then the Raiders obviously reap the financial benefits of that. Okay, Tier Raiders 22. Thank you again for your question on Twitter. We move on to our second question. And this comes from Dennis in Fremont, California, up in the Bay Area, East Bay. He says, hey, Scott and Mo, uh, when the draft is over, how do we know if it was a good or bad draft for my Raiders? <laughs> so many analysts give out grades, but do they really mean anything? I just want to know how to feel. Um, talk to you guys. Oh, was this a text? Sorry. Listening to both of you during the uh, the first Raiders draft. We appreciate it. And uh, I hope they do well. Okay, so that's Dennis in Fremont. Good point, though. How do we know? First of all, you won't really know until February when you see this draft class, how many guys make the team, how much they contribute. But coming out of the draft tonight, Mo, and over the next few days as it ends, you're going to see greats. You're going to see we're going to talk, talk about how we think they did, um, all these big guys that we're going to be on the air with, like Baldy, Glock, and Four, these guys who, who are doing it all the time. Guys like Matt Holder, they're going to grade teams. If you're a Raiders fan, though, how do you take that and say, hey, I'm happy with this or I'm not happy with it? I will start by saying that I know a lot of fans don't like the grades immediately after the draft. I'm going to be one of those people handing out grades because I'm going to do a live (laughs) show on Saturday recapping the class. But I will say it's no different than ranking these prospects it's all projection we don't know for sure right you know when you read these these prospect rankings we don't know if Bijan robinson really is the top running back in this class it's just you know that's what people see on film they think okay top guy jameer gibbs number two so it's no different when you're reading rankings and when you're seeing grades it's, no one knows for sure obviously it's all projection now to answer your question how should you feel i think if you're a raider fan and you look at the, this draft class and you say okay did we address our top needs? Do we have guys that can play at least, as I said in the first segment, do we have at least three guys who you feel comfortable with saying that guy's going to start week one? The other thing is, do you have guys that, so to speak, do you have good value in some of these players? So if the Raiders were to pick, I'll throw a name out there, Kalaja Kansi at number seven. I mm. like Kalaja Kansi out of pit, but at number seven, that's a reach because – I, I just don't see him being a top 10 pick. And I wrote a piece, and I wrote this in my Bleach Report piece this past weekend. I said, one of the mistakes that the Raiders could make in this draft with the number seven overall pick 
is taking Peter Skaronsky. And it's not because mm. Skaronsky is going to be a, it's not because I feel Peter Skaronsky is going to be a bust. It's because I don't think that's good value at number seven, simply because they have Colt Miller on one side, they have Jermaine Illuminar on the other side on a cheap deal, by the way. Now, Skaronsky can possibly move in, but do you want a good guard at number seven? I don't think that's great value. So you're looking at, did you address the needs? And did you get great value for the guys that you that you drafted? Now, yeah. looking back, I'll just use him as an example, not picking on him, but looking back, you would say Alex Leatherwood, bad value. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Abram, bad value. <laughs> Cleveland Farrell, number four, bad value. Now, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I would say Cleveland Farrell was the easiest example of saying that guy wasn't going to pick – going to be picked number four by any of these teams you could have got them maybe in the teens in the 20s and the Rays went with him at number four it's a bad pick even even Colton Miller who's worked out as a nice tackle in the NFL don't get me wrong even he was picked a little too high they could have waited they could they could have gotten him they could have traded down they could have done all kinds of things I believe if you look at that but to your point about value Mo and I think that's one of the keys here is the other thing is you've seen the Raiders under Mayock and Gruden reach to your point about Farrell, to your point about some of these other guys. I mean, even Josh Jacobs, even, I mean, Jonathan Abram is another great example of a huge reach in the first round to me. And so you look at that and you had DK Metcalf on the board. It still kills me. Um, you look at that and that piece of it, I think you're right. I think when you look at this draft, you have to say, did, did they do head scratchers? We're like, wait, what? That guy, We everybody had them projected in the second round and you're picking them at seven? Right. That's the kind of thing I would look for. Otherwise, you're right. You have to kind of wait and see. Did they check the boxes? Did they improve the middle of the defense? They can't improve it all in the draft, but did they improve it? Did they get a cornerback that's going to start day one? I think that's huge. Right. Did they address other issues? And that's how you should feel. I mean, that should make you feel good or bad. Right. And we and I'll just say, in fairness, we don't know what what these teams draft boards look like. So we don't know yeah. what team had a player where. So it, right. it only takes one team to take a player extremely high and you miss out on that guy. But the easiest way to look at it is did the Raiders adequately address their defense? Because that's been the talk of the offseason outside of quarterback. You know, you take a quarterback as your future guy. Did they adequately adjust address the defense? Because as we've said a million times, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but they need a starter <laughs> on every level of that unit. And if they yes. don't come out of this draft class with a, with a potential starter on every level of that unit, it's going to be a disappointing draft class because they didn't do much in free agency. So they're putting all their eggs in this draft basket. Now they have to deliver and make the right picks and address the right positions. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to sneak one last question in here on our pre-draft episode of Silver and Black tonight. Of course, the draft tonight, 8 p.m., Pacific 5 p excuse me, Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific is when it all gets underway. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you guys being with us. Okay, this one comes from Eric in Surprise, Arizona, Mo, and I'm going to give this one to you. I think people are missing we need to draft another running back. Jacob's future is unknown, and Zeus, Zamir White, is an unknown still. Who and when might they draft another running back this year? That is Eric in Surprise, Arizona, with our last mail of the day. This is a tough one, Mo, I thought. It's a tough one because, as the gentleman said from interesting, surprise Arizona, <laughs> um, Jacob's situation is is very, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. Right? So who knows? I, I think Jacobs is going to be around unless the Raiders trade him. I, I discussed this, that it's possible that the Raiders trade him to a, a Super Bowl contending team. But let's say that doesn't happen. He plays out. Uh, the year on the con on the franchise tag, and they have to go with a running back. Now, you mentioned Zeus, who didn't get a lot of playing time, and I agree. Now, while I, was, while I agree with that, he's an unknown. The Raiders drafted him in the fourth round for a reason. Yep. So I think part of their leverage with Jacobs is we did draft Zamir White last year in the fourth round, and they obviously believe in him. It, the fact that Zeus didn't play is is not a – I wouldn't say it's a knock on him. It's just that Jacobs went off. He won the rushing title. But let's say the Raiders do want to draft the guy. Now, a lot of people are on B. John Robinson as the top running back in the draft, but his backup, Rashawn Johnson, mm -hmm. also out of Texas, could be an option in the third or fourth rounds. If the Rays want a bigger running back, Johnson is about six foot, 219 pounds. So if you want to get a guy who may be under the radar and you don't want to burn a, a top pick on a running back, you can go Johnson. 
I would say Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA could be mm-hmm. an option if they want to go earlier because let's be honest, the running back market isn't isn't high on the totem pole. So I think no. Bijan Robinson is going to go in the first round. It was a hot take. And, and one of one of my colleagues had a hot take that the Rays would take Bijan Robinson at seven, and I almost flipped my wig. <laughs> Not gonna and happen. I said, if that happens, I, I love Bijan as a prospect, yeah. but at seven, again, as I said, market value too high. If right. they go with Zamir Gibbs in the second round, now there's some speculation Gibbs could go in the first, but if Gibbs goes in the second round, I would definitely be okay with that. You you yeah. run Zamir White between the tackles, and Zamir Gibbs can give give you a little bit of everything on every down because he's a very shifty running back, smaller back, about five nine. So you're not going to give him twenty carries, but he can take twelve to fifteen carries and give you something in the passing game. I think Zamir Gibbs, I would be okay with the pick. Of course, running back position not high again on the on the market value, but if you're going to move on from Josh Jacobs. You can replace him with another Bama back and Zamir Gibbs. Again, if he's available in the second round, maybe I would prefer more if they were able to trade down and get him. But he'd yeah. be a good uh, piece to that backfield. Yeah, and I think even there's value even lower than that. One of the kids I like is I like Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. Not, not because he's a, a powerful running back. He's a good running back, but he catches the ball really, really. I think he had like 600 yards last year out of the backfield uh, passing so or catching the ball uh, in the passing game. So to me, he's a guy who's a little more versatile. He's not gonna he's not gonna be the guy to kind of replace a Josh Jacobs kind of back, but he is a guy that can come in and run the ball for you, but then also be dangerous in the passing game, which we've seen obviously that New England system, the Josh McDaniel system do. So there's gonna be some guys there, but but I I hear you, uh, Eric, out in Surprise, Arizona, because listen, yeah, you have to start making plans because if the Josh Jacobs thing doesn't work out and you don't give him an extension and you decide to say goodbye, then you gotta have a couple guys there that are compete Zamir White to your point, Mo, there. They drafted him high. They obviously like him, so we'll see what happens this year in the playing time. Uh, but then you start to have to look down the line and look at some rookies where you can bring them in on a cheap contract and and develop them and see what they go on. So we'll see how it all happens. But really quick, I just I just don't think I, I would I don't think the Raiders are going to draft the running back. They may no. go with a UDFA because, like I said, they they drafted Zamir White for a reason. And mm-hmm. I think he just didn't get an opportunity to play because Josh Shickles was so good. I, I think Zamir White would get the first crack at a line share of the touches if they were to move on from a Josh Jacobs. Absolutely. And and to, to his point, to Eric's point, um, do they need to bring in some more running backs? Yes. I don't to your point, I don't think they have to draft them. To do that, there's going to be plenty of guys out there because of the the market value of the position, and there'll be veterans too available too. If you need a stopgap, or if you need somebody who's uh, going to come in and 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 bring some veteran leadership to that room, if you go young, for example. So we'll see what happens. All right, we are at the end of this show. We can't wait. Draft tonight, one of the most exciting nights in the NFL year. That of course is the first round of the NFL draft. My guys, Motley Crue, are playing music at the draft, Mo. I know you're going to be listening to that. <laughs> no, rocking out at the Bleacher Report studio to Molly Crew. Definitely yes. me. Definitely yes. me. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Okay. But a reminder: um, I'm going to be on the Odyssey live draft coverage tonight uh, with uh, Baldy and Jason Lockin. For you can catch it on the Odyssey app. You can also catch it on the Odyssey um, YouTube page. We will have that as well here on the channel. When I get the recording, we'll put that up for you guys if you miss it so you can have it. Also, make sure if you don't already have the Bleacher Report app, download it on your phone, and at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Mo will be with you through the Raiders draft pick. So make sure you do He does not want to be lonely. <laughs> he, he wants company there. So make sure you do it. So what you do is you say your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever it is, just say, hey, I need your phone for a few minutes. And they'll, and they'll say, why? Because the draft's come out. Well, why do you need my phone? Well, because I'm going to have Mo on the left side. I'm going to have Scott on the right side when he comes on. I'm only going to be on for a quick time. Mo's going to be on for a longer time. So stick with him, and you can watch us both, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about our experiences. We'll have fun with it. It'll be good. But, Mo, um, it's going to be fun. I know you're going to have a long night, as will I. Um, it's just going to be exciting to see what this Raiders brass does with their full, first full year of study scouting and now a full slate and a good slate of draft picks. As I said before, this is the most important draft since the 2019 draft class because it, it will set the tone for this rebuild because that's what it is right now in the second year of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler's tenure. 
we've all remember we talked about in 2019 and mm-hmm. even Mayock talked about this is going to be the foundation for the Raiders future. It, it didn't work out and you see how the, the roster dwindled out. The new regime came in and had to get rid of a lot of guys. This year's the same thing. They don't have three first round picks, but as I said, four in the top 100, 12 picks in the draft. They can bundle some of those picks and move up. This is very important. So I, I would pay very close attention to what's going on pat, even past the first round. Now, a lot of people care about what happens on day one. But keep track of what goes on in day two because there could be some oh, trades, yeah. there could be some move-ups, even day three. So if you're joining me in the chat tonight, bring your potato salad, make it warm, <laughs> leave the cheesecake and the mint chocolate chip ice cream at the door, kick back and have some fun with me on the Bleach Report app. Oh, that's going to be fun. I'm going to be in the Bleach Report app watching you. Peppering, I mean, hey, you, peppering you just, with all kinds of weird stuff. Just make sure you come with the right foods because I know you're a mint chocolate chip ice cream guy, and oh, we're not allowing that. We're I not. We're not allowing. I may have a spoon in my back pocket, but I'm not dipping it into some mint chocolate chip ice cream. I'm going to be eating because when the Raiders pick Devin Witherspoon, I want to be live. I want to have my reaction to the. And you're going to have no. your like your your cheeseburger pizza with pickles on top. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that, but everyone knows New York pizza is number one. I may have a slice on the table. But, uh, again, we're going to have fun. We're going to have some food, and we're going to have a good draft pick on day one. Absolutely. You will have a good time with Mo, I am sure. Now, you talked about pizza. Now you got me on a tangent because you know, I'm originally from Chicago. So okay. I like Chicago. Now, I like all pizza, clearly. But New York, I love New York pizza. Love New York pizza. Fold that slice and go, baby, right? You got to know how to eat it, too. Um, Chicago pizza, everybody compares New York and Chicago pizza from the normal New York pizza we're just talking about to the deep dish in Chicago. But the best pizza in Chicago is not deep dish. It's a thin crust pizza. It's very thin. It's got, it's got, it's got uh, cornmeal on the bottom of the crust. It's crunchy. It's really good. But since that time, Mo, I found a third pizza that is kind of like is the one I like best right now. Maybe just because I hadn't had it that much. But in Ohio, because you're so close to Michigan, a lot of Detroit-style pizza. Have you had Detroit-style pizza? Never had Detroit-style pizza. It's like square, and it's got like caramelized cheese around the crust. It, it's really good. It's really good. So anyway, so I, that's, I discovered Detroit pizza. I know my dad's rolling over in his grave because he would never admit that anything good comes from Detroit. But I will tell you, it's good pizza. So now I have three types of pizza I like. If you're in the if you're from Detroit in the chat, we apologize. <laughs> but uh, well, I, hey, put I your pizza up here. My dad did, was not a fan of Detroit. I I again, I said he'd be turning over his grave. I'm fine with Detroit. I got no problems with Detroit. I have good friends from Detroit, um, and so and I like their pizza. So I'm 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 validating Detroit. Okay, just want to make I that clear. See I, I see it that way. Just let's just hope the Detroit Lions don't steal Witherspoon from the Raiders yes. because they need a cornerback. Possibility. And I think Devin Witherspoon is the favorite to go six to the line so let's yeah. hope they like christian gonzalez more and detroit does the right thing and we can celebrate detroit a little more for taking christian gonzalez over with us and what's crazy is it's that sixth or seventh pick and the lions know the raiders need the position too so the lions yeah. probably aren't going to trade down a few spots because somebody wants a quarterback mm-hmm. because they know their guy they probably want is going to be gone so it's going to be real interesting to see what happens tonight but i'm excited for it mo i'm, I'm getting off i'm going to go take some b12 and get ready for the night I recommend that you have a couple avocado smoothies today. Get that immune system and that just moving so you get energy from it, right? I got gotta get a fresh fade, gotta get gotta get glammed up for this before I before a few hours and I go on air, but getting ready for the show. I'm gonna have it's it's I know I've said it plenty of times, but it's gonna be a fun show because I'm gonna have some I'm gonna have some antics. I may have a guest, quote quote, a guest there. So nice. I got something nice cooked up tonight. We'll see. I love it. There you go. All right, Mo. Well, we will talk to you early next week. I know you have a show Saturday with Bleacher Report, too, to go over that. But we will, when we next get together here on Silver and Black today, we will go ahead and go through uh, the draft and give you our impressions and our grades and and tell you how we believe the Raiders did. And uh, we'll do that. And then we'll get through that week, and then we're going to take a week off. That's right. We're going to take a week off. Just disappear from you. You gotta just upset the fans because remember they said, "Hey, we're part of their day." So taking a week off, they, they're, they're not happy about that. I know we're gonna we're gonna do just Mo reading the menu from Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory, page one. <laughs> Cheesecake with strawberry, number two. 
cheesecake gonna... with cheese. No. Okay. That's going to be our evergreen show. That's going to that's gonna be our best of show. <laughs> All right, Mo. Listen, buddy, have a good time tonight. I'm sure we'll be texting. You too. Have fun with the big shots over there. In oh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I don't say something wrong. All right. For <laughs> uh, our producer, David Stepanian, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Again, catch Mo tonight on the Bleacher Report app at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can catch me with Baldy and Jason Lockenfora at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, for early coverage. I will be with the guys at the time the Raiders select. So if they select at 7, right after that, I'll be on to give my reaction to the pick there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. We would appreciate that very much. If you're on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. It always helps. And also on YouTube, thank you to the audience for being with us on this early morning show. And also hit the subscribe and the notifications bell there as well. We will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the draft, Raider Nation. Have the Tums right next to your alcoholic beverage just in case it goes a strange way. For everybody here, have a great night. Take care.